Simon, myself, and some guy in a suit. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's been years since I've worn a suit, so I'm looking at it in awe going, oh, that's a weird-looking thing. Uh, when you work at home like me, you don't see suits much anymore, and you're probably the same, Pete. Yeah, so, pretty much, yeah. I'm tracksuit bottoms pretty much all day, every day now. <laughs> yep. Lazy man's clothes. And so that person in the suit is the one and only Scott Riley, who was out at the CompTIA conference event today, uh, gearing, you've just had breakfast and I believe you're gearing up to run one of the, the workshop rooms later on today, uh, which um, sounds yeah, that's good. Right. But I'm guessing that means because the CompTIA event is on over in the UK today and most of our listeners on this show are UK-based because of the time zone, we're probably going to have zero live listeners tonight. So uh, if you are here watching us, thank you for joining. We're all That's probably my mum watching at the moment and that's about it. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, on tonight's show, we are Sans Richard Tubb again. He is um, having a couple of weeks away where he's been traveling and bouncing around the place and having a little bit of a holiday in there as well. So it's just the three of us. And tonight, we're going to talk about a topic that we're not sure how long it's going to go for because there's pretty easy answers to it. But a topic that I've seen conversations happening pretty regularly lately about, and that is, should you as an MSP be partnered up with some sort of cybersecurity partner or managed uh, master MSSP? I always get it wrong, managed security services provider um, or someone that you can partner with that can look after more of the security side so that you can focus on just the, the or maybe the infrastructure side or the, the, the traditional managed services stuff. So we're going to talk about that conversation. There is, it's not a simple answer and there is layers to it and pros and cons of different approaches. Uh, for me personally, I am the answer to me of whether an MSP should partner with a cybersecurity firm to help them out with managing all that stuff is typically in 99.99% of cases a yes and uh, and a very strongly worded yes. Uh, the cases that where it might not be applicable is typically in the larger MSPs where you've got enough of a team and enough of capacity and enough budget to be able to do all of the cybersecurity stuff that's required to, to actively and manage uh, properly look after your clients uh, without taking it away from your main service delivery team. So you're typically going to have a separate team for all of that sort of stuff. And in the nimble MSP space, it's often not easy to have that budget, to have that separate team that's doing all of that stuff. So that's where in most cases that I talk about, I, I, I see that most MSPs should be partnered up with some sort of partner in some way, shape or form to, to help them look after all of this stuff in there. like Kind of like a virtual CISO where we're the virtual CIO to our clients out there. Now, Scott, I know that you worked in that larger MSP, and I'm going to start off with you again. You worked in that larger MSP for a long time where you probably had the advantage of having departments of security department in there and a, a help desk department that was completely separate. And so there was no crossover and they were able to do their thing well. Uh, and now you're in a, a, a smaller, nimble MSP where you've outsourced traditional help desk and stuff like that. How, like, tell us a bit about those two areas in yours and how you approach this conversation. No, you're absolutely right, and I think it, it is it is a scale thing because at at the the larger MSP that I was at, we we had a security operations center, right? So we had a full suite of guys. Now, I would argue, uh, you know, that you can still get it wrong in a larger organization because that security operations center had like five or six guys dedicated to security, but it was network security. Right. And so they understood firewalls and firewall rules and, you know, maybe web content filters, whatever the devices were capable of. But it wasn't the broad picture of cybersecurity that we think about now. You know, when you look at um, your Essential 8 or your Cyber Essentials or, or even in the US, like the, the CIS recommendations, it, it, it doesn't cover those. That, you know, that SOC didn't cover those. It was right. a very, very narrow network focus. Um but yeah, I think you know it's absolutely something that we need to do. There's a lot of changes that are happening, and and so many of the clients that we're seeing are getting hacked. That as an MSP, it kind of worries me to go. Well, we are ultimately responsible for their cybersecurity. You know, in, in in a lot of ways, I know that we can put contract terms in, and we can put things in that say, hey. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that is, is outside of our remit. There's a lot of stuff that's on your shoulders, Mr. Customer. But let's be honest, when there's a breach, when there's an incident, they're going to turn to us and go, well, you manage all of our IT. Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you advise yeah. us? Why didn't you push us harder to take the right products? And I think we've talked a lot on the show previously about like there should really be you know, legislation for this kind of thing. You know, what makes a good MSP? What bar do you need to, to meet in order to be able to deliver these solutions for customers. And, and Pete, you've just posted in chat that there is actually some of this stuff that's now starting to happen in the UK where the government are currently considering imposing these kind of regulations on the IT service provider community. Pete, do you want to fill in? 
I've only just started looking at it, so you might know okay, more than okay. I do. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so essentially, it is it is coming to the point where there are so many cybersecurity incidents now that the government are actually considering a bill that imposes a minimum capability of cybersecurity on IT providers right. and is pushing pushing the balance very much on them to be responsible. And if you remember, we chatted a few episodes back now about an incident in Europe where it happened that uh, a client had been breached and the MSP was held accountable ultimately by the courts for saying, look, yes, you disclaim things, but you didn't make it abundantly clear to the end user that this was their problem and this was their responsibility and these were the risks. And so therefore we find you accountable. I think that's very much what we're seeing now with these new proposed um, legislation that's coming through in the UK. Um, and it just takes me back to that whole question of, of what are you good at and, and you know, where are your strengths? And for everything else, you should have a bloody good partner. Um, and that might be, you know, at a bare minimum, someone who can, you know, do the Essential 8 review or the Cyber Security Essentials review, that external lens that says, yes, you've set it up. We're now going to audit it and accredit the customer and say, hey, yeah, they, they have passed these controls um, at a bare minimum. Because then you've at least, you know, you've set it up properly and someone's validated it. Good stuff. But then extending on to, well, what happens when something goes wrong? You know, when, when there is an incident, how have we got someone monitoring it? Have we got someone reacting to those firewall alerts or 365 alerts? Is there someone who knows what they're doing, you know, to take care of those? And I think from a, from a 365 perspective, we look at it very simply and go, well, you know, you could set up tools like Sentinel. Yeah. And Sentinel will sit there and watch those alerts and it will use AI, AI of course. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's supposed to then curate the events and the alerts yeah. and then email someone to, hey, this is really important. Um, and that's good, but it's got to email someone who knows what they're going to do about it. Um, now, again, we, we outsource a lot of our help desk stuff. So there is a optional SOC component that is right. above and beyond the standard sort of IT service provider. And that makes perfect sense. You know, there's an optional SOC component that can be added on. Um, and I'll be honest, right now, we, we don't take that for our clients, but this new legislation is making you look at it and go, well, you know, if we're going to be responsible, ultimately held accountable for this, I want to make sure that we have that backup. And so it's, it's, the, it's the kind of conversation that we right now are looking at and going, okay, we probably need to take this a bit more seriously. And I, I dare say, I'm not the only, you know, MSP that's in that position right now. Yeah, 100%. Just today, I was on the phone with an an MSSP for a couple of hours. We were talking about the whole landscape and how things are changing and what some of the value adds that he's providing that I think are awesome in this space is is his team, they don't care about desktop support. They don't care about installing Outlook. They they don't know about any of that sort of stuff. They just are focusing on just security and at a very, very, very high level. And But not only that, so he's got that team, he's got 24 by 7 team of coverage of people that are be able to monitor the logs and they're, they're making sure that all the logs are being replayed across to their, their CMs and SOCs and whatever it is, all these acronyms. But what they also do is they've, they've they build and they've come, curated their own stack of technology, uh, sorry, cybersecurity tools in there. And so they've said, okay, for, for threat hunting, we're using this tool. For AV, we're using this tool. For all of the different things, we're using these tools. And if you work with us as your MSSP, this is the stack that we're going to deliver to your clients. And we get ridiculously good pricing on it because he's, he's currently buying 24,000 licenses of, of Sentinel-1 every single month. So the price breaks he gets on that are phenomenal. So he can still deliver it to the MSP at the exact same price that the MSP is buying it from distribution at, but he can layer his socks or all his services on top of it in that particular thing. And, and because his team is just focusing on just looking after Sentinel One and, and all the other stuff in the stack, not none of the desktop stuff, none of the infrastructure, not setting all that stuff up. They're just there. They can do a really damn good job of it. And that's to me what it's all about is they've they've got that priority and the focus to just focus on that stuff and not get distracted by all the other inevitable stuff that happens when you're, you're running a front-end MSP out there. And I think it's uh, like to me, if I was running an MSP today, there's no two ways about it. I would be working with one of these, these firms out here, out there. And I would be keeping that front end, the relationship with the clients and the, the account management and the technology planning and the technology adoption and all of that sort of stuff would be on my plate as the MSP. And I would have this partner that I would be partnered with that would be looking after and keeping us on check to make sure that not only are uh, all the things that we're implementing right in their stack, but also um, making sure that we don't miss anything along the way and, and stuff like that. Like it's a, just a great kind of backfill to the work we're doing. And I think the, the, 
we were talking about this is like, where does the line get drawn? Like, where does the MSP stop doing work and where does the cybersecurity partner start doing work? And and to me, it's kind of this, like, it's like, looks like that. If you're on the YouTube show, you'll see what I mean, but it's kind of an integration there. Like MSPs have to be doing some of this security stuff and, and whatnot. And, and the SOC or the, the MSP SP or whatever you're working with has to come down to the desktop layer in some way, shape or form. So the, the lines are kind of grayish. But just over time, you'll work together and you'll figure out who's best at what, and you'll you'll set some better parameters in there. And I think I think you'd, most M- nearly every MSP that's in the nimble space out there now should, if they're not working with a cybersecurity partner in some way, shape, or form, they really seriously need to be considering it right now and and talking around and figuring out who's out there and who's who in the zoo and having conversations with each one and seeing how they approach things and and as you said, Scott, um, line, making sure that it lines up with whatever framework that you're like your cybersecurity framework that you've adopted in your msp from there um i find that if you don't already partner up with somebody you're going to forcibly get partnered with somebody in the future because <laughs> yeah. your clients will just go out and they'll find some cyber firm because for whatever reason similar to like you you sell internet connectivity they'll still go find it from somewhere else because they didn't realize you yes. sold it themselves you know all these yep. kind of things <laughs> so they will and we had a few situations where they will go off they will find us you know a third party and it makes sense to have that relationship in place beforehand and partner up with them because then you don't look stupid when they come back with their main <laughs> report. You know, they go off and do their assessment without speaking to you. They come back to the client and say, hey, there's this failure, this failure, you know, these, these things we've identified. Yes, exactly. And all they, all they do is come back to you and say, well, you're our IT company. Why didn't you do yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Why, why, have you, you know, why have you left these gaping holes in our security when actually – had you had the chance, you go back to the, the, the cybersecurity firm and you go, okay, we've done that because of this way. That, this Correct. is the reason we've done that. Because you control the, the narrative. Way. You, you get to, exactly. You get to explain why it's all configured so that when the report does go back to the client, it's actually a fully, fi- you know, fully um, figured out report with all that detail included of, uh, okay, there is this slight risk, but that's because you've got this application that doesn't support this you know, protocol or whatever it's going to be. It just allows you to have that extra information. So I think having those partnerships in place firsthand makes sense. Yeah. Um, and also just from a yeah from from like a narrative point of view, and, and because as MSPs we know there needs to be like multiple levels of security. Like multi layer security is just you know default standards. You need that. So actually having multi layers of security from like your company, their company, makes sense because you've kind of got yourselves as the MSP. Technically self-certifying, saying how secure yes. <laughs> you, know, you believe things are and you believe clients are, but then having this third party in there and saying, yeah, no, I agree with that MSP. Oh, and also, by the way, maybe there's a few other things they could suggest and implement as well, which is still great because the client's just getting more secure, makes the job easier for the MSP so they're not doing as much work or you know have less security risks to deal with. So it, it, it just makes sense to outsource, but I can understand why you know for the nimble MSPs, it makes sense to try and deliver it to start with because yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. he's my client. I don't want to kind yep. of give those <laughs> yeah. things away. And and maybe you're even worried that you haven't done things right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if there's a, oh, yeah. a pair of, <laughs> not too sure here, <laughs> but um, at least if you bring in those cybersecurity partners from the get-go and you've teamed up with them beforehand, there's, there's tons in the round, hmm. um, get them on, involved and they can even walk you through those first you you know if you're doing cyber essentials they can walk you through those first assessments and say hey there's this kind of level of standard we expect so yeah maybe your first one or two clients will have a lot of back and forth between them to get you know get them certified but in the future you can put all of the legwork in beforehand before you then consult the, the external kind of company and say okay we're ready to do an assessment from our client come in and do your thing yeah. and then hopefully that assessment should just be validation that you've done the right thing and maybe just highlighting probably actually if anything reinforcing the things you've already said to the client of this application is crap isn't supported you need to find an alternative and they're going to come in and basically say the exact same thing so i yeah i i i struggle like you said to see a reason why you wouldn't partner up nowadays with a with a third-party vendor just have a friendly person in your corner going yeah he's right like you should listen to him is that that's the kind of (laughs) (laughs) i think you've 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 touched on a few really interesting points there pete as well because it just shows like how much is involved when we start to think about where the cybersecurity is so you talked about like a defense in depth approach which typically for us msps means layering on different Mm -hmm. products Mm -hmm. so like whether it's you know endpoint management or web content filtering or mail filtering or identity and access and multi-factor authentication all of these different layers and then 
there might be some easy answer. People going, well, just, you know, truck roll Huntress or, you know, roll out Sophos mm. with, you know, Intercept X and EDR. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's, that's tackling part of the challenge, fine. But again, someone needs to be sort of coordinating those, those logs and, and pulling it together. Then you think about like the managed firewall service, which for a lot of the, the nimble MSPs, they're probably just reselling, you know, one of the big resellers. Like here in the UK, we have people like Gamma. So they're probably just reselling their service for network connectivity which comes with a managed router and a managed firewall that's probably managed by them. It's not managed by you. But again, that that is a secure route into the customer's network, right? So how how are we sort of pulling any logs out of that? Are we now trying to pull logs from all of the systems that we do manage, as well as try and get some stuff out of the, the ISP, who's provided the, the internet connectivity? And then what happens when we've got co-management? So the customer's got some level of access or management to provision users or reset passwords. And, you know, again, there's there's a possibility of other people who are not us introducing security holes. And so if no one sat there or there isn't a tool or a function or a service that's pulling all that data together, analyzing it, and then going, hey, big red flag, something's just changed and we need to do something about it. I think we're, we're liable to get bit in the bum, <laughs> if I'm honest. Agreed. And and one of the other value adds that I was talking about with the guy today that they're providing to their people or to their, their partners is that, uh, or that they're starting to build out. And a lot of these places will start to build this stuff out is that like when you talk about replaying logs or sending logs across into like some sort of log, log management system or a CM or whatever it is, um, like there is millions and millions and millions of logs coming out of just tiny 10, 20, 30, 40 seat businesses in there. And, and it gets wildly overwhelming. And if you're the MSP that's got it on your plate to try and manage all of these logs you're looking at them just going oh crap like i'm not even going to start looking at these things like it's just out of control let me just focus on tickets that are coming in but what some of these companies are building is is ai and machine learning into these things so that they're trying they're, they're figuring out the patterns in all of these logs and figuring out easy ways across the board across their entire client base of how to deal with different things and triage different things and um and manage and automate different things in there and they're be able to do that across all of their partners in one fell swoop then rather than the single msp trying to, to churn through millions of logs to see what ones they've got to try and what what things are, are out of the ordinary and i think that's a huge value add you guys like know the how many logs get flipped out of things nowadays and how many different um, events get flipped out of things nowadays and it's nigh on impossible to keep up with that stuff without having some layer of ai or some crazy algorithm or, or tool in there that's just helping you separate the wheat from the chaff in them so to me that's like I, said, I know so many people have just switched off the notifications yeah, that's that's really right. just we did that in our- them, off yeah. and just if, if things go wrong we'll know they go wrong <laughs> <laughs> there was i remember in our msp at one stage we went through that this was 10 years ago now probably when when we used to use the tool called LabTech, which is now ConnectWise. It's the Automate, I think. Yeah, Automate, sorry, the word I'm looking yeah. for. And at one stage, LabTech came out and said, oh, by the way, we've built this entire monitoring system and, and agent and management, whatever, and all you've got to do is just do one-click install and install the whole thing, and it's going to monitor everything and check everything. And we went, oh, yeah, cool. We, we were a bit dumb and blind. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's go and install it. And we put it on. And I think the next day we had maybe 150,000 tickets on our PSA, and we'd normally have 30 <laughs> a day. <laughs> so we had, and and I know I know some MSPs that got millions when they went and did that. And but we we then just went, oh crap, turn the whole lot off, and and then we didn't know what we were missing, and we we're in that state for probably three to six months while we were going through trying mm-hmm. to to figure out what had to be in there. And, and it, whilst we're trying to support our clients on the front end as well, and doing all the help desk and support and projects, and so that whole setting up the monitoring became a, a, a very back seat for a period of time. And then we, we took the opposite approach in that we, um, we then started from scratch and we started from zero and we just went, okay, now's the time that we're just going to, we're going to build monitors for all the things that we feel initially are things that we need to know. And we built them that way from scratch, but because back then there was no best practices that you got access to nowadays. It was all kind of build your own stuff from scratch. And eventually we got to the point where you had something like 50 or 80 monitors or something that we'd built from scratch and, um, we were confident in them. And every time a new incident came along that our monitoring didn't pick up in advance, maybe it was like a failed RAID array on a HP server or whatever it was, we'd go and, and build out a monitor at that point in time. But that was a crappy way to do things. And nowadays, when you've got these 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 MSSPs that it can deal with that at a, like that 20,000 foot view, like they take a layer above and they can deal with it across tons of clients and, and whatever and um, and make it their primary focus, it just the job gets done way better than the ways we used to do it in the past. So, so my question for you is where, so you're an MSP, where, where are the lines drawn between going yeah. from an MSP to say 
the cybersecurity consultant who comes in and does like the cyber essentials and the kind of certain accreditations through to an MSSP and the are the MSSPs the ones that do the, the log monitoring where what, yeah, what's I'd, the process there I think it's it, there's there's no hard and fast rules that I've seen out there. there's no like so many people call themselves an MSSP when they're not and others are well, calling yeah. not calling themselves an MSSP <laughs> when they are and like the terms are just wildly crazy and there's no I haven't seen any great patterns for how that works yet and I think it's just because we're in that messy stage where People are just trying to figure it out and um, vendors are trying to come in and say, hey, we do this and we're calling ourselves that. So I, I think in terms of where are the lines drawn at the moment, I, I think it's different in every scenario. And you've just got to – what you will the, – the way to figure out your line is you typically go and, and do a bit of due diligence on, on all the MSSPs or whatever you want to call them that you want to work with. And then when you decide on the one that you want to work with based on values and, and the way that they work and whatever you decide on, pricing maybe in there, um, then you sit with them and you figure out where the line is with that particular person and what they're like, where they see the line. Because I think so many, like there's, there's MSSPs that like taking on the desktop support level. There's MSSPs that don't and, and do whatever. And so you just got to figure out, pick your one that you're going to work with and then work with them to figure out exactly where the line is that, that they like working with and that they work with across all their clients so that you fit in into the mix the best. And I think over, over the next couple of years, there will, those lines will become much clearer and we'll be able to say, all right, demarcation line's kind of here and this is, this is responsibility of the MSSP, this is the responsibility of the MSP um, and, and vendors will start to clear that up. But right now, I, from, what, from my perspective, and I maybe it's just my personal perspective, but it's a bit of the Wild West at the moment and it's just people are scrambling to try and build services and position them in certain mm. ways and position them in certain marketplaces and, and all sorts of stuff. So I don't think there's any easy way to answer that one apart from work with your MSSP to make sure that you are damn clear on your lines once you do pick them, but know that it's it's hard to go and figure that out before you actually pick your MSSP, what those lines are going to be. So, so your second think, question for both of you is, I guess, how do you tell the difference between an, an MSSP <laughs> and an MSSP? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ones so, that actually know what they're doing versus the ones oh, that just man. added the extra S in their name. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, my my first steer on that is is very much what Nigel was just talking about there. So the what I'm seeing here is that a lot of MSSPs um, that terminology is being pushed down from vendors, and they are yes. network vendors. Right. And so it's the Fortinets, the Cisco's, the Palo Altos, and they're saying, "Hey, come and join our MSSP track and get certified as an MSSP, and we'll make sure the network is secure." Cool. What about when I'm not on the corporate network? Well, we've got a VPN client for that, and then and then we'll track all your data. Uh, okay, um, it's a very segmented view, and still, it's it's very niche. Um, what I do like is this is this idea actually of having an external MSSP that covers everything. So they'll they'll, they'll ingest all the logs from all your devices, yep. from all your systems, your AD, your desktops, whatever it is, they're ingesting it, they're processing it, they're crunching it, and ultimately it gets highlighted to someone who knows what that means, not just in, a, in an individual term, but because they see it across many, many, many businesses that they manage for MSPs. And I see a real value in that. I saw Paul Cashmore in chat, I think, morning, Paul, um, when we were at the same company uh, a few years ago, we would have a system there, which was Alien Vault. And so Alien Vault was right. that tool yep. that kind of crunched yep. all those numbers from different platforms. And then ultimately, it sat in front of a team of people who could make a decision about what to do with that. And it looks like he's he's got a... a uh, plug for his own company in chat. So that's cool. Oh, awesome. uh, but they are what looks like one of those external partners that will do that you right. know, manage cybersecurity okay. and 24 by 7 alerts. So cool. Have a look at those guys. If someone did um, ask, I think ask about some recommendations for yeah, who is Yeah. Doing. So Emilia, if, if you're in the UK, it'd be worth hooking up with Paul, who's in chat as well over at Solace Global. Um, but I think it's there's just too much noise right now. And you as an MSP have to make your own decision. And typically it's the same as with anything else, you know, here's a capability that we don't currently have. Do we build it in-house? And that means people and process and systems and lack of experience and maybe expense to bring in the, the right kind of people that can do that. Or you fudge it, which I don't think any of us want to do, but there will be some MSPs who will, will there take is. that path. Yeah. There'll be loads of them. And, we're, and, and yeah. I'm hoping I'm appealing to the people who want to be better than, than those MSPs. Mm-hmm. Um, or you partner, right? You, this, this is the simple option. So you go and find one of those partners and say, hey, I, I want to be confident in, in like the systems that we put down and you know, we'll, do, we'll do the deployments, we'll do the first, second, 
offline you know, troubleshooting, but I want to know that we're dropping all of the security events over to you guys, and you are essentially you know, do, being our check and balance. You're, you're going to tell us when things are wrong or things are messed up, or there's been a change that we didn't expect. And again, there's a huge amount of, of positive noise coming around from the Azure Sentinel program that it will do that for you. It will take in all your logs from all these different things. Yeah. And, and I think that might be a nice softly, softly approach for some MSPs. You know, it's apparently got this AI and machine learning and you'll you'll get some events out. I've only seen it work really well for 365. Yeah. I know it can do firewalls. But part of me also looks at it and goes, this is this is an established industry with established tools, things like AlienVault and, and other platforms for Seam that have been around for years that that do truly understand the nuances of all how all these things relate to each yeah. other. And so if you're working with a partner who understands that toolkit really well, and they've got the buying power and they've got the, the team of people who understand what the outputs actually mean. And they can either take action or alert you to quickly take action. And I guess that's that's another question, right? If when we outsource these MSSPs, are we giving them administrative access to the clients and, and the, the equipment to be able to make the changes if they see an event? And if not, you know, what's the delay between them alerting us and, and us making the changes? Um, but again, I, I think I'm just repeating my point, which I think you, you, know, you can either build this yourself and, and have a go at it. And, yeah. and there'll be some businesses, some MSPs at scale where they can afford to yes. do that. And there'll be others who just go, you know, like our size, we need a partner. Yes. We, we just need that expertise to plug in today. And yeah, there's a cost and there's a cost of sale. But ultimately, you know, that cost gets passed through to the customer. And what we get is a much better, much secure situation. So if this legislation, you know, passes and we all have to, uh, you know, conform to these standards, I'd be in a situation of going, yeah, we've got that. Our customers are covered. We've got an external check and balance. And I'm getting reports in that say these customers are all currently secure or when there are incidents and alerts, we're made aware as opposed to just the blissful ignorance that I think <laughs> some of us are living in today. Yeah. It's just, ah, I don't see any security incidents. Uh, if you're not looking for any. That blissful ignorance, as much as I hate to say this, is how most of us MSPs got by in the last, like probably up until four or five years ago. And we yeah. tried our hardest, yeah. right? But there was still a big degree of blissful ignorance in there. However, right now, blissful ignorance will get you and your clients hurt. It's like we were able to yeah. skip by with it in the last, whatever, in the 90s to the early 2000s and probably to the mid-2013, 14, 15. But after that, like blissful ignorance is not not a long-term strategy. You can't do it anymore. You've got like the, the landscape has so changed now that you just got to get in and get this stuff done. And you've got to charge your clients appropriate for it. Um, so where does the MSSP or this, where, where does this bolt-on sit? Because... I'm mean, yeah, just thinking, I guess, in terms of pricing now, because this is half yeah. the issue, is that whether you go with an external company or you try and deliver it internally is probably controlled by the price your customers want to pay. Um, and depending on the clients you have, is the MSP, you know, we've got per user per month billing, we've got just kind of fixed fee retainers, whatever they are with the MSP world. Is the MSSP just a case of doubling your prices and adding another company onto the back of it? Is it a small increase in price that you can then pass on to clients? Yeah, well, where where does that sit? Because that's it. Sounds to me like it's it's one of those. I'd love to have that. It'd be incredible to offer that to all my clients. <laughs> yeah, but none of them are going to pay for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the pricing I've seen is is around about twenty five percent increase on the right. the managed service cost. Um, and so yeah, that that's got to be accounted for somewhere in the service charge to the client. But this comes back to, you know, how are you differentiating your proposition to the customer? Yeah. I think, and, and, and you, you know, we're, you would, we're, cool. And are you saying you would get that spilled directly from that security company to the client, or are you saying to resell it? Because I wonder how that comes off as if you're reselling it, then it looks like you're providing the service. Where actually, if they're billing direct, then it's a third party service having third party advice who just happens to agree with you, hopefully. <laughs> I think, I mean, for me as as the MSP, I would want that to be part of my stack, my good, yeah. better, best stack, because if if like I want to be held accountable if there are security incidents and and there are risks that we need to update, what I don't want is a, an MSSP constantly telling the customer they've set this thing up wrong. Here's the alert. Here's something you need to change. Mm. Because when there are issues, the person who needs to resolve it is is us as the MSP. And so that escalation needs to come back to us. The client is outsourcing their IT and their cybersecurity to us. So I, I would see that as part of the managed service wrap that we're doing. It, you know, we are accountable ultimately for that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder how that comes off from like a, if going back to like the client communication piece, if it's 
you providing the service, how much they trust that it's like the right advice. Whereas if it's, yeah. and it is weird that it's that billing thing of like, well, if they're, if they're billing me direct, then you know the relationship kind of there is with the client direct rather than through the MSP, even though we know that behind the scenes, yeah. we're still chatting back and forth and passing information. But yeah, just, just knowing that, you know, they've got the clients back, but they've also got our back. Yeah in terms of like yeah. that, that kind of, yeah, that arrangement. No, I, I, I quite like the message and, you know, I, I wouldn't be precious about it. You know, for me, it wouldn't be about making sure I get my markup as we sell it through. It's mm. genuinely what would be better for the client. And I just think, like, I'm trying to think logically, there will be incidents and issues that need to come into our help desk system from the yeah. MSSP that we need to take care of. Mm. So how much is the MSSP going to be communicating with the client apart from a billing perspective? I mean, they might be selling summary yeah. reports and things like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how that would, how they would see the value of it, separate to it being something that we yeah. provide. As I part guess it of just it. comes down to that communication piece of you know that may, maybe if they are billing the client and the billing is a very small part of it, but I wonder if that's a, like a mindset change in the yeah. client's mind of like okay, they're 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 my supplier, they're not their supplier, so they've got my best interests at heart yes. rather than their yeah. best interests. Yeah. Even though again, yeah, yeah. the communication piece there is that yes, you know when anything's raised up they'll bring it to the msp the msp will resolve it and then hey if the msp is not resolving it then they will go to the client direct and say hang on a minute we've we've alerted them and they've not yeah. done it we've checked it a few times something i'm, I'm just kind of picking yeah that's going to come down to clients as well because there's some clients that that will be that they want to go down that route they'll want to have kind of the checks and balance in place that they control so that they've got the yeah. they they've um, work with a, a audit place or whoever it happens to be to keep their MSP in check. But then there's others that'll just go, "Hey, I trust my MSP completely, and so I just want the one throat to choke." And if they go and yeah. partner with a, a, a sock or yeah. whatever it is, awesome. That's the way I want it to be. And I think I've, I've seen both in my MSP. I had a majority of the time it was one throat to choke clients. We just wanted to be the single point of contact for everything, and we resold stuff to them, whatever it happened to be, and that made it very easy. But then there was a couple, and it was typically the bigger ones that then it was more a board mandated thing that just said, hey, like we we love our MSP and whatever. We just need an extra check and balance in place because the board mandates it in there. And that's something that we need to have a direct relationship with in there. Um, and that yeah. made sense as well. And so I think there's going to be both out there. It depends on the clients that you serve and the marketplace yeah. you serve. There's pros and cons to both. Um, one of the other pros I see about um, with the, if it's the MSP um, reselling the service essentially is that um, the Oh, God, I've just lost my train of thought. That was such a good bloody point too. It just went straight in one ear and straight out the other. Um, oh, well, it'll come back. I was just figuring out, should we ask, um, Martin brought up a good question there about, did, yeah, uh, wondering sure. about insurance and liability, customer MSP or MSSP partner's responsibility. Th th there's a whole piece around that. I mean, you, you should, of course, advise your customers to have the liability insurance, I would say. But um, nine times out of 10, if you're actually taking the steps to put in the right stuff, they won't need it in the first place. It's one of those just kind of catch-alls yeah. at the end. Exactly. And every every insurance policy I've ever looked at states you must have this in place, this in place, this in place, this in yeah, place. Before you do. Which is going to, you know, 90% reduce your risk. Um, but there have been cases, like Scott mentioned earlier, where they've gone after the MSP and, and you know, sued them because it's been their breach that's caused, caused the issue. Yeah, yeah, successfully. And I think that whole liability thing is just a, a can of worms that we could have many conversations about. We've got inside the tribe, we've got a – um, like you, you think we're geeky about the MSP space. There's this guy in the tribe, Joseph Brusman, who is an awesome guy who is more geekier than we are about insurance and cybersecurity insurance. And he, to the point that he's written books like this thick on the thing and um, goes into all the liability, um, all, all the different layers of liability and everything. And um, But he's, he understands that topic intently and deeply. And, and if you're ever stuck anywhere in the world and you need some help, He's always willing to jump on a call and help somebody out through those liability scenarios or where the where the, the buck lies and, and trying to make sure that you've got the right insurances in place because insurance isn't just insurance. And when you start getting into some of the underwriting and the, the, the clauses in a lot of these insurance policies, there is so much stuff that's excluded that some of them are not worth the, the dollars that you spend on them in there. And so I think that that topic is a huge topic. And and where does the responsibility lie? Like, um, like as Martin says, is is – down to not it's not just down to your contract with your client because you might have this great contract that you've gone and had your lawyer craft and go and do and you go and, and get your client to sign it and they physically sign it you've got that all tucked away and whatever but then an incident happens and your client sues you when you go to court that contract is often torn up by the, the judge because they're they're saying hey well you you might have this signed contract but it doesn't mean jack we're still making you liable here because you had a, a duty of care to go and do a b and c out there 
And so I think um, a lot of MSPs are, that I see are kind of back in that same blissful ignorance stage, not realizing the level of liability that you, you actually do have in there. And some jurisdictions are worse than others. We know, unfortunately, our friendly folk over in the US have got this crazy litigious society that they've got to operate in, which makes things harder than what we're typically used to in the UK and Australia. But we're, we are following suit to a degree, and it's getting more litigious out here as things go. And I suspect it's the same over there with you guys. And you've got to be you've got to be on top of it. And you've got to have someone in your court, like a Joseph Brunsman or a or someone that understands that whole liability and insurance angle really deeply to to help you understand where the buck lies and what you should have in place and whether you're covered to the level that you think you might be covered by and whether you're you're working with the the right brokers. And there's there's not many people in the world that can do what he does because there's not many people in the world that get as excited as he does about insurance. But it is um it's the, to me, it's one of those things that again, you've got to you've got to have someone in your corner um, nowadays to to help you get work your way through that, and and it's often not your broker. Your broker's biased by what they're going to sell you. It's it's someone else that you you might have to pay from time to time just for a bit of consulting and like where you bring your lawyer in to to understand your risk. You bring your your Joseph Brunsman's in to understand your risks at, in there on a paid consulting gig. So it is a big, big can of worms that one, Martin. And there's no again, no hard and fast answer. You just got to the hard and fast answer is that. As an MSP, you've got to put in intentional work to understand where your risks lie and spend time with your clients, making sure they understand that as well, where the risks lie in there. And I think I was going to say as well, a lot of a lot of MSPs are probably quite loosey-goosey with the, mm. the contract terms and probably still in that little, especially the agile sizes, but even some of the larger ones, the contract terms don't don't mean what they want us to mean as an MSP. And, and until they get sued, they're quite loosey-goosey about the, the contracts and the terms of getting people to re-sign and making things abundantly clear and putting things out of scope. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is good enough. Just get them to sign. We'll sell it. So, yeah, yeah, look, recurring revenue. Woo, yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of MSPs are treating those contracts and terms very much the way our clients treat cybersecurity, which is – They'll just keep taking a risk with their bum hanging out in the breeze until it gets bitten. And then all of a sudden, we need the right contract terms in place because we've just lost a truckload of money in this lawsuit. I think it's a great time. If we're looking at like MSSP partners, it now is another good time to have a look at those contract terms that you have in place with the clients and make sure that you are covered as, as the MSP or as the MSP owner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As Oliver says in there, clients need insurance, the MSP and the MSP, MSSP all need insurance because uh, right now we're in a situation where it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen for, to people out there. And and as he says, insurance companies, their whole job of once an incident's happened is to look for restitution and look for payback in yeah. there to try and cl- claw back in the whatever means possible. And as you just mentioned, Scott, that, that MSP over in Europe was that perfect example of that happening um, in the way that we don't want it to happen, where the MSP was completely found guilty in there. So yeah, you've got to be more on top of it. Like our, our biggest encouragement out of here to anybody is if you, you haven't put proper time and effort and intentional energy into thinking some of this stuff through, do it. Get on the phone to your broker, get on the phone to your lawyer and just spend a little, you might have to spend a, a grand or two here and there to, to have some advice and to get some feedback and to, to look through things. But it, it could mean, could very likely mean the difference between you losing your business or not out there. And it's a, it's a life or death thing. It's not a little tiny thing that we should be pushing to the side and hoping never happens. It's very real likelihood nowadays. And the last thing I ever want to see, I've seen a few MSPs get hit by it where, where the MSPs had to go out of business. And it's a 20-year-old MSP and a livelihood with staff and family. And, and it is just horrific to see it. And it could have been avoided just by a couple of conversations just to make sure that liability and risk was managed a little bit better in there. So please, if anyone's watching and you haven't, you're not quite confident in, in your, your, your coverage and whatever, please go and get out there and spend a bit of time this week just um, having a couple of conversations with your brokers, your insurers, your, your, your lawyer, and whatnot in there. Right. Cool. What haven't we touched on in the topic? We were thinking that tonight's one might be a little bit of an early one because the answer to is, is should an MSP work with an essential an external cybersecurity firm? The answer to that is just yes, pretty much in nearly yes. nearly all cases. And so um, we thought this might be an early one. We've run through the topic a fair bit. I have got dinner with my kids waiting for me downstairs because daylight savings has changed over here at the moment, and the kids um, had a ballet concert on tonight, and um, and so I'm going to go and have dinner with them shortly. But is there any other things that we can run through before we wrap this up that's in that whole kind of uh, – maybe 
someone did ask about who are some of the best partners out there to partner with. I think you you mentioned Scott that Uptime Jason over at Uptime they've got a sock service now in there as well. Do they that you can layer on top? They do, yeah. So for an extra, and that's where like my my view on twenty five percent comes from. For an extra twenty five percent per user, you can then get right. a managed sock service where they'll right. again pull in all those logs, put it through their systems, and then analyze and and you know. If, if they need to make changes, the great thing is because there are outsourced IT providers, they're able to make changes to well. the devices mm-hmm. or the platforms. Right. Um, but they're not a they're not a specialist at that, right? They're not a dedicated MSSP, right. Um, right. unlike some other agencies where, you know, because it's a bit like, I guess there's, there's InBay, there's InSoc, yeah. um, oh, right. who okay. do, you know, an outsourced um, SOC service so that that's specifically what they do. They don't do the, the level one, two, three. They just right. do that. We saw Paul uh, flag Solace Global in the UK. So they're, they're offering that MSSP service for IT providers. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's definitely some good agencies there. I yeah. don't know a huge a number of them, but I've I've, I've given you three. That's, that's not in my challenge. <laughs> in the US, there's a couple. You've got people like um, Bruce McNally at Galactic Advisors that does a little bit of this stuff and offers some products around that. He's also written a I've got the book somewhere here, an awesome book that every MSP should read called I don't know <laughs> something like I don't know the name of it, but look for Bruce McNally MSP and you will find it M C N U L L Y. And he's got an awesome book around this and offers some services in his Galactic Advisors business. There's service provider partners, which I think is SPP dot work. I've heard of them. Um, I've had a conversations with them, and and they seem to. I think they've got. Uh, 50 to 100 MSPs that are – some of them are, are the largest MSPs that they do all the the, the MM, MM – oh, I'm going to ruin that bloody acronym every time I say it – MSSP stuff all the time in there. And there's a bunch that – they're not coming to the top of the mind now, but in the product vault inside the tribal library, if you're a Tech Tribe member, there's a bunch of them that are listed in there as well that, that do this sort of stuff and, and focus on it solely. And it looks like – sounds like what you said, Scott, that Jason offers like a – a light, like an entry-level version. If you're not doing anything, then you can step up to that, and that's yeah. a great starting point. And then you might outgrow that eventually and move up to one of these dedicated services out there. Um, or Jason, knowing Jason, will likely catch up and start offering it at the level of those higher-level services out there, more than likely. Um, that's where he's going to get it to. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're well-positioned to do that. And if I've got that wrong, he's in the next room, so he'll give you a kick in the show. kick in the button. <laughs> wrong. Um, Neil asks in here, what strategy should you put in place as an MSP? I'm not sure what that – that's a pretty broad mm. question. I'm not sure what the what you're talking about. Is it like the strategy? All of the things, the strategy. The strategy, all of the things. <laughs> Sell stuff, <laughs> supply, good work, make money. <laughs> that's the strategy for us all. <laughs> Um, I, I suspect he's talking about like what's the strategy, like how do you approach this whole where do you draw the line and stuff like that in there. And I think um, we've gone through a bit of that. If you've got a specific question on that, Neil, throw it in quickly before we jump in and we'll see if we can – before we finish up and we'll see if we can dive in there. On yeah, a, but I think like, bro- broadly, you know, we want to make sure the technical you know, contract terms are in place, that we've got the insurances, um, that we recognize our limits. And if, if you know, cybersecurity and specifically, I think around SIEM services, mm. like if we have a hole in our portfolio that we, we can't service that internally, then we need to find a partner. And it's again, you know, my strategy has always been, what is it that you are good at and brilliant at? Do that well. And then what is it you need to, you know, find a partner for? Right. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, he's saying oh, what strategy should you put in place yeah. to the MSP to gain the most from right. the partnership? Watch out. Cool. cool. Um, communicate, 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 communicate. Yeah, and um, yeah, a lot of time up front. Like, if, yeah. if, like, that's one of those things where um, it's like when you're bringing on a PSA tool and you go, oh, I'm just going to turn it on and start using it tomorrow. Like, that's not how it, it happens. You've got to spend so much time up front. And, and it's one of those things that if you are partnering with someone like that, either if they're not, if they're not selling you some sort of upfront project thing where they're going to dive in and understand your business and you're going to understand them and you're going to do all of this work together, either push them for that or do something to make sure that you've, you've got this big lot of work up front where you're sitting there and having those, those meetings and those whiteboarding sessions or, or they're training you about where the, the line is drawn or whatever. Cause um, the last thing you want to do is just say, Hey, you're our security partner now. Can here's, access to all our clients or our PSA or whatever, start rolling the stuff out and just taking a hands-off approach because that's just going to end you up in the garbage and you're not going to have a, a good thing. And so to me, the, the strategy really is to just over-communicate, like take it on yourself as well to over-communicate from your side and, and sit down and have as many sessions as you've got to with their team and 
um, and go and read books like Bruce McNally's book that will help arm you with some of the, the conversations that you should be having in this space as well. And go and, and make sure that you and your team are, are covered to the point where you're understanding at least all the stuff about the framework that you're going to align with, like the, the NIST or the Cyber Essentials or the Essential 8 or whatever it happens to be. Make sure that you and your team are, are at least to a point where you understand all of that stuff at a conceptual level and even a little bit layer, a little bit of a layer deeper so that you can have the right conversations with these people when you are talking to them and knowing that's going to help you know whether you're dealing with someone that knows what they're talking about or one of the, the people out there that's just pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. But I think the strategy for me, if I was ever going in one of those things is, Number one, arm myself and my team to the teeth with the knowledge that we need to have the right conversations with them and then have as many of those conversations as I possibly can with them so that we can we can just keep pushing that agenda and moving along and protecting as much as we can and understanding where the, the lines are drawn and, and whatnot in there. And I'd be looking for maturity in that space as well. So again, the way you're yeah. going to tell the difference between someone who's really good at this is an MSSP who works with partners is they're going to have like a, a great onboarding process per yeah. client. They're going to want to know, hey, where's the documentation and how do we keep documentation on your client, on the systems that they use? So I think, you know, as, as we look at it when, you know, I outsource our service desk to, to uptime, we have to have a central system with all the, you know, repository and access of information, the documentation there. We use IT glue for that with those guys. But we have an onboarding process. We have an escalation process. We have a reporting and an alerting right. process. Yeah. So I'd be looking for all these things with the MSSP to, to check their maturity levels as well because – what we don't want is someone who's, who's technically very good at driving the product. Okay, you might be great at Alien Vault and sucking in logs, but I've got to consistently deliver this service and onboard clients in a really smooth and effective way. I've got to receive alerts and escalations from you in a really effective way. And I want to see some of that reporting that either goes to the client or goes to me and make sure that that all kind of stacks up in the story that they're telling us, you know, in their sales material and their brochures and their website, I want to see the substance of that when I start to think about engaging with those partners. So that that would be my real check and balance to see how how they're evidencing that value of taking away some of the burden of, of getting that client into, you know, a more secure managed position versus you know, me trying to just do that myself and cobble some systems together and, you know, come up with some some onboarding documents. You know, I'd want to see that this is all ready to go. They do this time and time again, yeah. and they've got a proven effective solution. And, you know, do they have integrations with ticket systems and alerting systems and all that kind of stuff? How does this all knit together to provide a really gelled experience between us as the MSP and them as the MSSP and ultimately serving the client? I'd want to see all of that stuff. And Oliver mentions a good point here is that one of the great ways to get started is to work with them first up on setting your standards and improving your standards. Mm. And uh, like every MSP out there has got their way of doing things, working with an external firm like that, they can often say, okay, well, let's run through all of this stuff. How have you got this configured and that set up and how, how's your stack built? Um, and then they, if the good ones are then going to say, okay, well, you're, you're kind of missing something here that's that needs to be patched and you're missing this thing over here that we need to get in your stack. Um, and that's a great way to get started with one of these firms to just get raise your level of standards up to the level that they see as a baseline out there. And often their, their baseline is going to be way higher than what most MSPs have as a baseline in there because they do this stuff all day, every day. But what I will say in, in that whole thing is um, it's the same conversation that's or it's the same issue that happens when you outsource knock or help desk as well in that. This is going to be a very, 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 very messy relationship to start off with because there is a million moving parts in there. And it's you've got to be comfortable with that mess in the early stages because if you're not, you're going to get frustrated with every single one you deal with and you're going to go, oh, no, they're crap and you're going to move along to the next one and then you're going to start the process and it's going to be messy and you're going to go, oh, no, they're crap and you're going to move to the next one. The reality is they're all going to be messy because it's a complicated relationship and a complicated space like crazy. And so you've got to be okay with a bit of mess and you've got to not micromanage through that mess. If you find the right partner, let them lead you through it. Don't be afraid to ask the tough questions if you don't think they're asking the tough questions, but let them lead you. Don't try and micromanage them and say, oh, guys, you you kind of missed this, this weird error that came through in here and, and we're going to kick you to the curb and we're going to start to threaten you with moving away or whatever. Like everyone's going to miss stuff in there because there's no there's, the, the amount of stuff that they've got to deal with here is phenomenal. It is No one can do it perfectly and you're not doing a job perfectly. The MSSP is not going to be doing a job perfectly. What you're doing is just raising the standards and raising the layers up more than what they are now and that's the ultimate goal. You're never going to get to perfection because it just doesn't bloody exist in our space. Um, it, it doesn't exist at the right price point in our space. You could probably spend a trillion dollars and protect a small business of 20 people, but who's got a trillion dollar budget for a 20-person staff? 
Um, so, so I think it's a great way to get started is just work with them on your standards first, then um, then get into doing the stuff. Know that it's going to be messy. Be okay with a bit of the mess, but but double down. If you pick the right person, double down, work hard, work hard, work hard with them continually, setting setting whatever you've got to set up. Know that it's messy and, and be okay with that. And I think um, that's the way to get through it in these things. The same way you do when you're, you're setting up a knock or a, a help desk to take over instead of you doing it yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. And rant. And Nigel's rant. <laughs> right. Well, we're eight minutes out. I'm going to call it. Um, Scott's got a breakfast to go and finish off and um, and go and run the MSP event that he's running out at CompTIA today. And um, and I'm going to have dinner with the kids. Uh, we've got chicken dinner tonight, chicken and chips. We're going to be naughty <laughs> for a bit tonight. And Pete, yeah, I know you've got a, a coaching call coming up shortly as well uh, with one of your yeah, one-on-one Yeah, I've got days, days of my coaching days, back-to-back calls, all good. Back-to-back calls with all your one-on-one clients. Is there any gaps in there for any new ones? Or are you uh, full? So I've, I've just taken on um, Craig, the guy that used to work with me at Techers. Um, he's starting to pick oh. up some clients as well. So oh. I do have spaces technically. Um, oh, both, I've got, I think I'm, myself, I've got one or one space, I think maybe. And, okay. and Craig, he's got a full calendar. He's you know got an empty calendar now. So I think he's taken on one client. But uh, yeah, if anyone else is interested, then fire them, fire them my way. <laughs> oh, hey, not a businesscoach.com. That's where they should go, isn't it? Not, yeah. me, not a businesscoach.com. <laughs> let me just plus one because I, 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 we did our first 12 months with Pete uh, oh, as, a, as a coach for MSP. Yeah, yeah. And genuinely, if anyone watching who is looking for an MSP coach, you will be absolutely blown away by Pete. And I'm not saying that because he's paying me to. I paid him for the first 12 months of our MSP, right? So he took money off me and I'm saying the nice things, genuinely. Shameless plugs really, flying around really everywhere good. in here. Yeah. And I love it. And I did, Very like, you know when someone's doing a good job and I'm going to buddy you up here again, Pete, when um, I was in a Facebook group the other day, I sometimes jump into these MSP Facebook groups because we get tagged in them a lot. And someone said, I'm looking for an MSP coach to work with. And there was like three or four plus one for Pete Matheson in there. And so, you know, someone's doing good work when they start to pop up in Facebook groups as a recommendation everywhere. So that's, um, that's the marketplace is talking. You're doing a good job. And uh, if you're an MSP that happens to be listening to this, wanting to, to, to have some one-on-one help and someone to, to jump on and, and help you through this journey, that man there, oh, sorry, that I'm horrible at these buttons. That man there. There we go. End of end of um end of Let's shameless finish. plug. We don't want to sell to people. Yeah. <laughs> end of shameless plug. No. Um yeah. let's wrap up. You can do the wrap up, Pete. You're always Cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you as always for everybody joining us. Next week, I think we're going to have to figure out timings for next week because it, yeah. it, with the time changes, it doesn't work. So we're going to have to figure out things there. But um, I think I've got a good topic for next one as well. So I'll once we're finished, I will mention it to you guys and we can have a chat awesome. about that. But uh, yeah, as yeah, always, subscribe to the YouTube channel down there. Hey, the right the right way around. It's always weird <laughs> when it's like reversed. Subscribe to the YouTube channel down in the corner there. If you're not already following us on subscribing on the podcast platforms, then do that as well. And um, we will. See you at the same East. time. No, the same-ish time. Same, yeah. We we will see you next week sometime, maybe. Somewhere later on this year. <laughs> Between now and 2023, we'll see you. Um, <laughs> don't know Other than that, good. Scott, enjoy your um, comedy day. Nigel, enjoy your chicken and, uh, chicken and chips. I'm starving. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for the questions and the input in the chat. It's always welcome and always awesome to, to hear all the, the ideas and thoughts and wisdom being shared. Anyway, that's all from us. See you all next time. Bye for now.